Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Okay, now first off, you know, I think we have a little chat here about the passing of Red Robinson, who's such a local legend. Yeah, legend gets overused in the cultural world these days, but never overused with Red Robinson. Uh, nice piece to our paper today, uh, John Mackey on it. But the, the thing about Red Robinson and rock and roll is he really was present at creation. He was on the airwaves in the mid-1950s when what we now call rock and roll was still being developed and discovered. And Mackey makes a really good point that in that era, the teen thing was just happening. The baby boomer thing was just happening. The DJs who played the music on the radio and some very limited time slots were as famous as the artists that came to town. Red is the MC for the very first rock and roll show ever in Vancouver, Bill Haley and the Comets. He interviews Buddy Holly. He's the MC for Elvis. He's the MC for the Beatles, you know. <laughs> There's a bootleg of that Beatles show at Empire Stadium, and Red's the guy pleading with the crowd to be quiet so he can hear the band. Well, of course, nobody heard the Beatles, including the Beatles, when they were traveling. It was so noisy. So, uh, yeah. And he was a very generous guy. Uh, you know, you see that in the tributes to him as he passed at 86 years old. Uh, he, uh, People say he's a great mentor. He was generous to young broadcasters, good and generous to bands. Um, it's an industry with a lot of big egos, and you don't hear that, no, the guy really was a nice guy. So <laughs> true. Hear it. So, no, a real, a real passing of a legend, and, uh, you know, and a guy who was honored and admired all through his life. So, great yeah. story. It really, really was. Um, Vaughn, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. We also have to talk a little politics this morning. What is this major housing announcement that's coming up? This is something David Eby has been talking about for a while. The government is going to redo and relaunch its housing strategy as uh, Premier. He inherited the previous John Horgan government's strategy, a 30-point strategy. And if you go back over it, it's five years old now, it was mostly demand-side stuff, regulation, taxes, relief for renters, some money for social housing. But really nothing about the issue that EB himself has put at the forefront, supply of market housing. So uh, we're getting a tech briefing at 9 o'clock. That's usually a sign of something big. And then the official announcement at 11. So I expect we will see the EB government's equivalent of a 30-point plan to get things happening on the housing front. He's running out of time, you know. He's the one, Simi, who said he's got 18 months to show people results. Well, housing affordability is one area where people are looking for results and uh, be looking at this plan to see, well, how quick are you going to be able to do some of this stuff? Well, yeah, I mean, this also, this has been a long time coming. You know, well, like, what's taken so long to get to this? Well, you know, I think with most things that the EB government has talked about, apart from all those checks it sent out, is very, very ambitious plans. Do something about public safety. Show people results so that they can feel and see and touch and feel and hear. Uh, a lot of talk about dealing with inflation and cost of living. Um, an awful lot of talk now about electrifying the provincial economy with electricity uh, and housing affordability. Um, these are huge, huge issues. They're complicated. 
It takes time to get stuff done. Uh, the EB government has had trouble getting some of its own legislation into the House because government is complicated. There are lots of obstacles and processes. And David Eby is not an especially patient person. So, you know, we'll be looking to see today with the housing, how plausible is it that he's going to be able to get enough units of housing built to genuinely address the problem of affordability? Okay, so that's coming up this morning, and we'll be paying attention to that. Also, let's talk about the former Premier, John Horgan, as well, because I thought, boy, back in the news, that that didn't take very long. (laughs) He has a new job. So Horgan's resignation as an MLA took effect on Friday, March 31st, end of the month. And night of the 31st, the NDP had a fundraiser, last fundraiser for the departing premier. Uh, if you were a close friend or supporter, you could have paid up to 500 bucks for a ticket. And that was it. Next day, uh, Globe and Mail has the story. Ian Bailey used to work out here. John Horgan has a new job. He's going on to the board of directors of Elk Valley Resources. And that's a coal company, Simi. Uh, You were talking about April Fool's jokes (laughs) earlier. And uh, I heard from some Democrats who thought, oh, come on. An ND premier is, you know, with a climate action plan on the board of directors of a coal company. You media people, you've fallen for an April Fool's prank. But it wasn't. It's real. Uh, Oregon has taken the job that he was approached back in December. And actually, Simi, he doesn't care what we think about this. That sounds very typically John Horgan, though, doesn't it? Oh, it was fabulous. Said, I don't want to be snippy about this. And then he was snippy. He said, I'm at a point now where I don't care what people think of what I'm doing. Other people are in charge of the government and policy. I'm getting on with my life. And he said he expected some knee-jerk reaction to the appointment, but he's taken the job. He's there to look after and bring forward at the board the interests of Indigenous people and the workers and the shareholders and the environment, and uh, that's what he's going to be doing. Um, So there you go. If you don't like it, he doesn't care. You know, that kind of reminds me, it's almost Larry Campbell-like. Do you remember when Larry yeah. Campbell was the mayor of Vancouver? There was a lot of that, yeah, I don't really care. This is what I'm yeah. going to do. Oh, so, and look, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's not the first premier to leave office in B.C. and end up with a job in the private sector. The one that New Democrats were shocked by was 20 years ago when Glenn Clark went to work for Jimmy Patterson, right? And then people on the right were shocked when Glenn Clark did so well that Patterson kept him on for 20 years. So that one, I think, kind of cleared the hurdle. Um, Christy Clark went on to mm-hmm. uh, board of directors' jobs, including with, uh, gee, Shaw Communications. Now, who, where have we ever heard of that organization? Um, last time I looked, she was making more money as a director of Shaw than she was as Premier of British Columbia. So these jobs are good, and really, seriously, a Premier knows an awful lot about how government works, and they bring genuine expertise to the boards of these companies. The companies know what they're getting. They bring a lot of insight, and there is 
no law against it. Uh, there are conflict of interest rules about lobbying government when you leave government, but there's nothing that says you can't go, as John Horgan did, straight from the legislature onto the board of a major resource company with no interval at all. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they're going to get another job. It was retirement yeah. from politics. Yeah, yeah. And with Horgan, um, there was there's been some speculation that he uh, would be uh, might get a federal job. I haven't heard any buzz along those lines since then. If Ottawa were to put him in a position where there might be a conflict of interest, he would have to give up the board. But no indication that's coming. So, yeah, I mean, Horgan did not want to give up the job as premier. He gave it up for health reasons. The the job was just taking too much out of him. So that's why he retired. But he tells us, you know, that he's he's doing well now and he's wants to get on with other things in his life. So, and this wouldn't be a full-time uh, gig, uh, being on the board of a major resource company. It, you know, would involve some board meetings and that sort of thing, but it doesn't mean that he couldn't do other things with his life as well. This may only be the first of several appointments. Uh, you know, I dealt with John Horgan a long time. Uh, whoever is, whoever at Tech, which is the parent company there, decided to recruit Horgan, knew what they were doing, just as Jimmy Patterson was a hell of a talent spotter when he recruited Glenn Clark. Very true. All right, thanks for that. Bye-bye, Simi.